And hello and welcome everyone to another comic multiverse commentary. Oh, these are these are always fun, aren't they, Matt? They really are, and this one's going to be probably one of our funnest because it's a really good movie. It is, you know, it's funny. I thought to myself, oh, when's the next commentary going to be? I got to go away. I usually like to do these so we don't have to plan a whole show. And this this worked out perfectly. This this movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, hit Netflix this week, so, you know, it'll be very easy for people to watch along with us in the commentary. And the following week, I know you've already seen it, but Spider-Man Far From Home comes out. Yes, it actually came out the day today that we're recording this. Well, ain't that just, don't that just beat all? It does, it, perfect timing. So again, if you've never done a comic uh, multiverse commentary with me and Matt, basically you watch the movie with us and uh, we will count you down uh, so you know exactly when to press play on your version of the movie, be it Netflix, be it the DVD, whatever. The version Matt and I are watching is an hour 5650. Yeah. So you know you got the right versions. And I will count us down, and then uh, after one, we're going to press play. So in a minute now, everyone. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, so we're two seconds in now. The Sony logo is coming up. What a what a contentious logo this is to think in 2018 Sony put out the best and worst Spider-Man-related thing in Venom and this. <laughs> Yeah, only like a couple of months apart as well. What a what a fucking night and day thing. And to think this movie was so good that Lord and Miller, the two guys behind it, Sony was like, do you guys want to run all our Spider-Man stuff now? <laughs> yeah, please run everything, which hopefully means that maybe Venom will be good. That's May- Venom 2. <laughs> also, this is an Academy Award winning movie, Matt. How many Academy yeah. Award winning movies do we do commentaries on? Yeah, Academy Award winning movie that's an animation. That yeah. usually never really happens. Like, w- with, like, big movies like this, usually it's, like, little, like, European art films that do right. animation, not big studio films like well, this. Well, it's funny. Usually, uh, what is it, Disney always wins that award because they always have the most money to spend on it is the thing. And those uh, little <laughs> European ones, that the Leica ones, let's just call them by name that I really enjoy, <laughs> they, uh, they don't get a chance even though they're very good. <laughs> and man just just the fucking artistry on this one like wow t- to call this a work of art is actually a bit of an understatement because boy is it a work of art oh yeah there was time put into this. this this everything serves a purpose in this film like all the animation is just done so well I, uh, I still remember the very first trailer for this showing Miles and everything I'm like oh wow so cool and then I also remember being a little disappointed when they're like, well, it's a Spider-Verse movie, so there's going to be a lot of Spider-Man. Because I'm like, oh, are we doing the the equal but different thing for Miles? Little did I know that actually becomes a huge focal point of this movie and why they chose yeah. to do it the way they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, straight-up references to actual comics and cartoons and the rich history of Spider-Man. And movies and weird popsicles. Like, it's all in here, and that's really goddamn impressive that it's all in here. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it really is the perfect Spider-Man film. It kind of is. Like, I mean, you know, you could argue which one is better or which one you like more, but for, like, per uh, per, per, per capita, there's more Spider-Man in this than in anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. This first Spider-Man as well, voiced by Chris Pine. Yeah. Chris they Pine. got lots of, like, like 
famous people to voice like, like Chris Pine. Uh, in in the after credit scene, Miguel O'Hara is voiced by Oscar Isaac. Oh shit, he is. So right off the bat with Miles, they actually do a ton of very interesting re-envisioning of the character from his comic counterpart, making him like a graffiti artist, I thought was an inspired mm-hmm. choice because it's like, oh, they never quite squared the circle in the comics where it's like, oh, is Miles smart like Peter or not? And to have the idea being, well, yeah, he's a creative. He's just super smart in the other direction. He might not be math and yeah. science smart, but he's an artist. And that, that makes him his his own spider-man like so he's yeah, not yeah. like a scientist or anything he he yeah, yeah he finds ways to deal with things creatively absolutely they're, they're only even kind of trying to do that in the comics right now with solid in a mid taking over to be like oh well maybe he should be a writer maybe he should be a creative writer and that should be his thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah also hey biracial spider-man half black half hispanic i feel people are always forgetting the hispanic part of him Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I do all the time. I always forget about it. Mm-hmm. Also, too, this this moment right here might actually be my favorite moment in the whole movie, and that's funny to say because it's maybe two seconds long, showing that Miles used to go to an old school, has friends at this school that he doesn't see anymore because he won a waiting for Superman style school lottery to get to go to a better district, and I'm like, oh yeah. That's really clever because it shows that Miles, even before he enters the world of Spider-Man, is already struggling with feeling like a poser and a sellout Mm -hmm. and a fake and everything. I'm like, that's so smart. I wish the comics stole this idea. (laughs) Yeah, this movie does so much better stuff than, like, the Bendis comics and, like, the most newest stuff as well. That, like, like, it's stuff that seems like would be so obvious to do. And it's crazy to say that because you read those early Bendis uh, Ultimate Spider-Mans and they're amazing and they're so fresh and new and you could tell he was like referencing stuff that he had gone through getting his own kids into one of those school lotteries. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, if only he had gone that little extra mile with it, though. (laughs) No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, Miles' dad, who has now officially been a cop in more retellings of this story than anything else. (laughs) Because uh, in the comics, he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and also mm-hmm. a former criminal. Although I think they pay lip service to, like, his darker past in this as well. Yeah, with the stuff with his uh, brother and everything. Yeah, Uncle Aaron. Who, Uncle Aaron has also gone through a lot of shit of being dead than being brought <laughs> back to life. And actually, the next uh, Miles comic arc is going to be all about Uncle Aaron, I think. Yeah, yeah. Th- this, this, ca- this movie kind of made the prowler and and aaron kind of cool yeah boy did it ever like actually gave him something to do yeah because like comic prowler the whole joke is is that he's not cool at all he's actually stealing other villains equipment to make himself cooler yeah and here he's fucking terrifying yeah to think all they needed to do was to like give him lightsabers (laughs) but we'll get to that also hey some good solid father son uh, theming that takes us through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Man, when when this movie was first announced, I did not think like the type of art style they were going mm-hmm. for would it would translate very well to to movie. But God, does it ever! It's just it's just beautiful. Again, you know, I mentioned to Matt before we started. Normally, I sit on my couch. And the laptop when I record these commentaries, but I'm actually watching this on my better computer monitor, and holy shit, is it just a treat for the eyes. Yeah. 
first of what I'm sure will be many long stretches of silence as Matt and I just end <laughs> up watching the movie. I have watched this a bunch, actually. I, I have as well, and every time you find something new. It's true. It's it's a great movie to put on just in the background, too, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But, man, the soundtrack on this one. Probably the best like comic book soundtrack ever. I mean, like, close only to Guardians of the Galaxy. It really depends on the type of uh, music you like. But, man, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll freely admit there's a lot of songs in here that I never even heard of because I don't, you know, listen to a lot of rap or R&B and anything normally. But, holy shit, this movie made me a fan of that one Post Malone song, <laughs> Sunflower. <laughs> which keeps coming back in the movie. And what I was surprised to find out, uh, in even, like, in the other language versions of this movie, he still sings Post Malone. Like, in the Japanese version, in the German version, he's still singing okay. Post Malone, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Universal language of Post Malone. Absolutely. <laughs> Except no substitutions. Also, too, something I didn't catch the first time, but caught it the second time, uh... Dr. Uh, Octavia is there uh, already before we meet her. In the background, but her name, her last name is Obscured. Oh, shit, because, man, so what, know. What, what a great twist. I, 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 I didn't see it coming when I saw it in the theaters. It was so no, good. It's a really great twist. Also, too, hey, setting up Alchemax, a company that has a long-storied history with the Spider-Man 2099, and a bit of a departure, but a kind of welcome one, too, to be like, no, 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 it wasn't Oscorp that made the spider that made him who he was. It was Alchemax that did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm eating kettle chips, in case people wonder. It's my cheat meal, and I wanted to have chips while we watch this. <laughs> nice. Don't you quit on me, Miles. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's like the, 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 the through line for this film. Him always trying to find, find the easiest way out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Giving up because it's too hard. Yeah. You just gotta have faith. You just gotta take that leap. <laughs> also, too, Gank is in the movie, but he literally doesn't meet Gank until the very end. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's his roommate the whole movie, but doesn't probably meet him until the end. I wonder if the reason they did that is because obviously Ned Leeds in uh, the Homecoming universe might as well just be Gank. They more or less just stole that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncle Aaron living in a cool-ass apartment, blasting his biggie. Which, man, talk about a great musical choice there. Uh, Obviously, uh, what is it? Miles is from Queens. Biggie was from Queens. So to have that actually connect as a through line, that's like when uh, Spider-Man in the Homecoming universe is listening to the Ramones. And I'm like, right, because they're from Queens, too. Yep. That's fitting. I I I like that the Spider-Man are coded with their own musical tastes. (laughs) This is a really cool ass apartment, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like, like it, it's animation, but like the set design in this film is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like you usually don't see like like that level of care put into stuff. No. Uh, in animation, usually it's just like really um, simple because you're not focusing on the, on what's around the characters. But and it's here, it just, it just looks awesome. And visual storytelling. And it, yeah, it looks painted. It looks awesome. 
visual storytelling. Aaron lives alone, but clearly has a lot of money and is doing a lot better off than Miles' parents are. Yep. Which, at first, I'm like, oh, are they even going to allude to him being Prowler the first time I saw the the movie? Is that even going to come into the story? It absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, I thought they would probably toy with, like, maybe this would be, like, they'll build him up and put him in, like, a sequel or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he's he's like or he's been the prowler for however many years already. Yeah. And this is this is cool because like Miles starts to like learn things from him yeah, that he exactly. utilizes later on as when he when he's Spider Man. He's a fully complete inverse of Uncle Ben. Yeah. Which I wonder too, uh even in the comics, I'm sure they have, but I don't remember if Peter and Miles have ever had the uncle conversation where it's like, oh, my uncle is the reason I became Spider-Man. No kidding, me too. I would have to have think, thought so. You'd think that, but then again, the main universe kind of dropped the ball on the relationship between Miles and Peter, where it's like, okay, he's in the universe now. Is he going to hang out with Peter more? No, because Slot's doing his thing and finishing up his run. Oh, well, will Bendis get to write that? No, Bendis is trying to figure out what happened to the Ultimate Universe and his Miles, and yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Bendis, and no one can remember if Miles has memories from the Ultimate Universe or not. <laughs> And now we're just not going to talk about it anymore because <laughs> it gets really <laughs> confusing. But but in the next couple months, he is going to be fighting the ultimate Green Goblin. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I like that we, we, we kind of missed it there. But like where the spider comes down, it was all like glitchy and everything. And it yeah. changed colors when it was on the, on the paint cans. That was awesome. Because it's loaded with the multiversal energies. Also, 42 means something. I forget what the number 42 was a reference to, but it's a reference to something. Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. Not not 52, not 616, but, you know, it's, it's an important <laughs> number. So, yeah, I, I was talking about it before, like how, how stacked the cast is, and I, I'm, like, looking at a, at a cast list of it at the moment. It's... It's it, it's pretty stacked. Oh yeah, like like Uncle Aaron's Mahashala Ali, Who's who great. I think at this time was just fresh off Luke Cage. Yeah, who he was amazing in that. Yeah, and and, and he's, I think he's just won like didn't he just win an Oscar? Yes, he did. He did win a big award. And what's great about this stacked voice cast is they don't shove it in your face like a lot of animated no. movies do, where it's like, oh, look at our celebrities, please come to the theater. It's like, no, here's a good movie with a lot of good stars in it. Yeah, when I saw the film in cinema and I stayed for the credits, I was like looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, Chris Pine was in it. Oh, Mahashala Ali, oh, Jake Johnson, all these, John Mulaney, all these really, John Mulaney's probably like the only one I knew was actually in the film. And Liev and, oh, Shriver. And, and Nick Cage. Yeah, and Liev Shriver. But then again, I don't think yeah. you had watched Ray Donovan yet, so you weren't as attuned to his voice as I was. No. Oh, shit, we got actual comic panels now. <laughs> to, to think a movie could actually incorporate that into it and have it make sense in a way no live-action movie ever did, because you had, like, Ang Lee's Hulk trying to do, like, comic panels and, like, speech bubbles, but it just looked stupid. Yeah, but, yeah, in animation, it looks perfectly in character. Oh, yeah. I guess Scott Pilgrim tried to do some of that, too, but, you know. Yeah, same thing. Didn't look right. Yeah. Here, like, it totally looks like it belongs. 
Mm-hmm. Man, Jason Latour, if you follow him on Twitter, he was so fucking stoked that he Sp- was that Spider Gwen, his creation, was in this. He was, and it's even better because when we get like the little origin mm-hmm. vignettes of them, you can see his name. Like they used oh, one of these yeah. covers and everything. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, he said on Twitter, he's like, "That was that was my uh, middle finger moment <laughs> to the people who said you'll never admit, uh, you know, you'll never amount to anything, Jason. In this world, drawing them funny books, I'm in a movie. They said my name. <laughs> yeah, I'm in an Oscar-winning movie. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. And I'm like, I love that. Also, too, she, just Spider Gwen in general. The fact that she's now in a movie. Because she started as a cover. She was like a cover gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's so cool. She was a variant cover that looked so great. It's like, hey, let's write her a little story. And then that spawned like two whole big runs. And a new run coming up soon under the name Ghost Spider. Which isn't nearly as good, but you know. Mm. Hell, uh, this movie, they just call her Spider-Woman. Because she's the Spider-Woman of her universe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can't do that in the main universe because we have too many other Spider-Women we're not writing about. And yeah. We, and we even explain her punk haircut in this, too. <laughs> oh, that super puberty hits you hard. <laughs> and a literal hairy palm. <laughs> Ah, uh, jokes. Mm. Jokes the kids that in this movie is meant for won't understand. For real. I like how it does this, like, 3D effect, mm-hmm. where it's, like, like multiple layers. The way you can, It's basically, like, the image, like, broken down into its base colors. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Man, I wish Andy Warhol was alive to see this, because this is, like, straight up just... <laughs> pop art i'm sure he'd have a huge boner the whole time through oh he'd blow wads everywhere of course wouldn't we all <laughs> miles too having a semi-rivalry with the uh campus cop there which is funny this guy doesn't exist in the comics but they've created a new guy just recently who is basically the comics answer to this guy Oh, really? Yeah, he's like the vice principal who's got a big boner for Miles because like, I know I know you're sneaking out at night and I'm sure you're doing the drugs or something. I'm going to catch you. <laughs> he's he's basically Miles' Jameson. <laughs> the irony being he's also his Flash Thompson because the same vice principal loves Spider-Man but hates Miles. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, they really, uh, they really walk you through the whole learning the powers thing in a quick efficient uh time oh yeah it's not like half the movie like most of the yellow spider-man films are Mm -hmm. great use of time (laughs) (laughs) hey look at that Spider-Man comics in the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Also, be careful with that, Miles. That comic is worth a lot of money, considering it's a uh, it's a first edition. The best thing as well is that he basically just did what happened in the comic. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know what? That makes sense, too. Marvel characters reading Marvel comics, because that used to be a thing back mm-hmm. in the Stan Lee-Steve Ditko era. That was a joke where it's like, oh, yeah, writers would follow heroes around in the stories to get their life stories correct. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't see it anymore, although you do see it occasionally. And I like that idea in Marvel. Writers just will occasionally run up against the heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but Bendis does that a lot. You see his, his, his oh, yeah. visage in, in comics. Sure do. I think the last time I saw it, it made a lot of really good story sense, was in the end of uh, Duggan's Deadpool run, where Deadpool literally carjacks Duggan and says it was better when Grant Morrison did it. <laughs> I don't know whether you saw that there, but when he was scrolling through his phone, most of his numbers were like famous Marvel artists, like Sarah mm. Pincelli. Um I think Jason Latour was in there. Sarah Pacelli, who, of course, drew Miles' first stories in mm -hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man, so that's great. Yeah. I love that. I, I love when they uh, give the writers and artists and the comic people their due because they so rarely get it on the big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Often they're, they're, they're pretty shafted. I mean, ask, uh, ask the creators of Firestorm. Ask the creators of Ghost Rider <laughs> sometime. They'll tell you. <laughs> uh, glitch. Mm-hmm. Also, this spider sense, <laughs> which this movie really explores and amplifies the idea of what spider sense is to the point where other spider people recognize each other via spider sense. Mm, I, I kind of like that. It's like the, the spider calling card. It's like the force. And I'm like, is that a thing from the Spider-Verse comic or did they invent that for the movie? Because if so, that's a great idea, both as a cool thing they can do and also to dispense with the whole getting to know you crap that bogs down a mm -hmm. lot of movies. Because it's like, oh, well, you can do what I do. We're, we're part of the web. Which is not mentioned in this movie. And honestly, I think it's probably better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have any of that weird... Yeah. Everything is connected by a web, and you're like a guardian of a web or mm -hmm. something. What an interesting Green Goblin redesign, the first of what will be many villain redesigns. He's a big, bulky monster, like his ultimate counterpart, but he has the purple hat, like the 616 mm -hmm. universe, and real wings. I think it looks great, and he's got bombs. Mm-hmm. Also, how often do you see the Green Goblin in a Spider-Man story, but he's not the main villain? Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. Very. Yeah, it's like, they didn't have to do uh, Kingpin, but I'm really happy they did Kingpin as the main villain. Yeah, the, this was the same year he did uh, that we got um, live-action Kingpin again in yes. Season 3 of Daredevil, which was also really awesome. It was a huge year for him, for sure. And the Spider-Man game. That's right. Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. My mind. You're freaking my mind. <laughs> the Vulcan mind melt. <laughs> now we are married in spider culture. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, are now my wife hey kid I don't make the rules the spider <laughs> god does the spider totem I'll tell y'all about it or maybe not <laughs> yeah cause that stuff's really confusing and weird yeah let's talk about clones too while we're at it <laughs> or not
Also, too, this Peter Parker, as we find out later, is a blonde Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I like that now, the, like, the first, tw- I think we're about 23 minutes in. First 23 minutes is all, like, Miles, and now it's, like, Peter. Yep. Now it's his story. And it <laughs> does it does that all through the film, like, cuts back between them. Spider-Man is right. No one gets a USB drive-in right the first time. He's <laughs> a 50-50 chance. Yep. Yeah, what a, what a cool redesign for the Prowler, too. Oh, yeah, he looks really awesome. Another... Have they put this in the comic yet, or ha- has he appeared like this in the comic? Uh, Aaron has appeared. He has not donned a new costume yet. They actually were trying to make him the Iron Spider there for a minute as Ben just finished up his run. Ooh, interesting. But I'm sure they'll be back to making him this Prowler soon enough. Mm-hmm. Which, man, you got to hand the movie credit for this. Talk about being able to juggle a ton of villains and to have it all make sense and feel right. Oh, yeah, this is... How many villains are actually in this film? There's one, two, three, probably about six or seven. Almost as many as there are spider people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it all works. It surely does. Now, what an interesting artistic approach for Kingpin. He's basically that Cell Bacello drawing where he's like... He's, um, he's, ba- he's based on... um, Oh, what was the artist's name? Uh, Bill Sinkovich. Right, yeah, where he's just this huge mountain of a man. I think uh, that's from a Frank Miller story, I do believe. Mm-hmm. When uh, when he was really getting into, you know, writing the pathos of the Kingpin and everything. And yeah, he's just this block of a human being. I love the design so much. Some people really didn't like it. I, I like that it's so weird and so off-putting and alien and otherworldly. It yeah, just... I, I, I believe that, that a guy like that would be the kingpin of crime in new york it distracts you from the fact that if he didn't look like that he's just a dude in a suit yeah yeah Uh, sorry norman better luck next time (laughs) is that norman uh doesn't he call him norman or does he call him osborne i don't actually know i want to say he called him norman for a second he very easily could have just called him osborne in which case it might be harry (laughs) My God, it's made of stars. <laughs> He's having his own 2001 moment right there. He sure is. That's oh, a, that's so cool. It really is. That's got to be a hell of a revelation moment. Huh, there's a multiverse. <laughs> Also, here's our Spider-Man. Now he's dead. (laughs) Which, honestly, it's almost every bit as effective as it is in the Ultimate comics. And we knew this Spider-Man for less time. Yeah. Well, we know it's because he we know who Spider-Man is. They don't exactly. They don't spend time on it. They're like, yeah, you know who this character is. He's every version you've ever known and liked. He's that version. Yeah. And that's prob- that, saying that, that's probably what actually helped with the character, like, not giving him an actual, like, rooted anywhere. It could be anyone's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And still trying to, you know, instill some lessons into him before it's his time. Mm-hmm.
you know, it's it's right around here. My mind started working. I'm like, why why would Kingpin be interested in other universes? And I think I actually got ahead of the movie a little bit. I'm like, oh, cause his family naturally. What's the one thing we know about the Kingpin? His family is always either dying or leaving him. Yeah, if if you're you, you're familiar with the comics, you could probably figure out from about this point onwards what his plan is. Which, again, is better than Norman, because Norman is a sociopath and doesn't give a shit about his family or anyone else. Mm -hmm. Kingpin actually does care about people. Yeah. Hey, Liev Shriver really, really New Yorking it up on here. <laughs> it's, it's a take. It's an interesting take. I think most people still remember the 90s Spider-Man Kingpin, where, oh, he's so affluent. I remember when I first saw this this Spider-Man, I, I thought it was like, oh, he's blonde. Oh, is that is that Eddie Brock or mm -hmm. is that Flash Thompson? Mm -hmm. No, it's Peter Parker, and th th that's great. That that shows you that it's not like the main the main quote unquote universe. It's hey, those rules you think apply don't apply. Ooh, even Prowler's theme music is suitably creepy. It is. What, what do you even call that? What is that is instrument? Just like a... I, yeah, yeah, an angry car. Yeah, it's like an angry car revving. It, it sounds like a, a wild animal of some kind. Like a prowl, like a puma or something. Mm -hmm. Which, is, isn't that what Prowler's supposed to be? He's supposed to be, like, modeled after a puma or something? I would guess so. Like, yeah, some type of, like game cat yeah it's he's very weird because like the original 616 comic version he's hobie brown like a window washer who just said like i'm gonna do crime now <laughs> really really clever idea for a chase too it is it's and it, it it's stunning like visually stunning as well with like like just we saw before like that cut to like traditional animation and then you got stuff like this where it's like different scenes cut into oh, this yeah. and everything it looks so cool it's an animator's wet dream like i can only imagine the generation of kids who are going to be inspired to this uh, by this movie to be like yo i want to draw and make movies like this oh yeah i i no doubt no doubt and to think too this movie was made basically out of pure desperation so he's like all right we need another spider-man hit what do we got we got this all right throw money at it they they did the right thing with hiring like lord and miller and mm. peter ramsey and all these these people that actually care mm -hmm. like can you imagine if this movie was just made by like just like yeah. nondescript director man it, it, illumination if they gave it to illumination studios <laughs> Yeah, yeah, DreamWorks or something. Somebody once told Miles. Da, da, <laughs> na, 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 na. When are when are we gonna go to the Smash Mouth universe, Matt? What Spider-Man <laughs> defends the Smash Mouth universe? It's it's a Spider-Man that just looks like Spider-Man except he wears like like a costume shirts. that's black with yeah bowling shit with like flames on them. He's got like um 
frosted tips and Amazing. and a soul patch. G- G- Guy Fieri, it's Guy Fieri as the Spider Man <laughs> yeah. of the Smash Mouth universe. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we got a Guy Fieri to voice him as well. <laughs> uh, Guy Fee Spider Man, he's the defender of Flavor Town. <laughs> the 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 movie would just be that that one scene from this film where Peter's eating that burger, mm-hmm. just that for like forty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the bomb. dot com needs more donkey sauce. <laughs> These are words that he has said. <laughs> not today, Green Goblin. You're not going to steal flavor from all the children. <laughs> Bring my ranch dressing gun. That's the thing. He doesn't shoot webs. He shoots ranch dressing. Hey, if we can have comics where Green Lantern teams up with the Colonel Sanders Corps, it's then true. we can have Guy Fieri teaming <laughs> up with Spider-Man. Oh, now, how sad and effective is this? You know, the death of Peter Parker. They picked just the right song for him. Yeah, I, I, I love like because like, this is something we don't you don't really see because like when we've had like death of Spider Man stories, it's never really gotten out that he's Peter Parker. No, yeah, where it's like no, no, it's not just that Spider Man died. This guy Peter Parker died. Yeah, it, it puts like a face to the mask. Also, hey, New York, this guy was out here defending you and you didn't even know his name until right now. This this right here is the bit that totally guts me, this reveal. <laughs> Stan's costume shop. It's Stanley, because Stanley had like just died when this came out. Yeah, this was like one of his final roles, I think. It is, and to have Stanley mourning the death of Peter Parker when he himself just died and saying, hey, it, it always fits eventually. Yeah. You know, I, I knew him. That's the line that killed me. I knew him. Also, to see Mary Jane and Aunt May forced, you know, enter the public eye, too, to talk about it. Yeah. It's great. And I, I, I it, it is kind of shocking that, like, the comics haven't really broached that. Mm-mm. Where it's like, where Spider-Man's died, like, oh yeah, Spider-Man's died, but pe- people don't really either care or, like, want to tell the story of, like, well, he, he, if he dies, Peter Parker does as well. And also even just for Peter Parker to think far enough ahead of his own life to be like, well, if I died, who would have to talk to the press about him? Yeah, yeah. Do I really want to put that on the woman I love and my aunt at the time of my death? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do it. I I I saw the Tobey Maguire movie. I can do this. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Not gonna do it. <laughs> they have those in this universe. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that Miles is a bit of a coward, where he's like, "Nope, smaller building first. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. It's what you gotta do. Because yeah, like the first jump, the first flight, that is such a huge thing in every superhero movie. And to think this builds up to that for the very end. Because they know that's the big moment that everyone loves in an origin. Yeah, the jump. Mm-hmm. Is that number 42 again? Uh-huh, recurring. Maybe that's like the, the uh, I think Pixar do it, where it's like they put in the number. Because um, it was their classroom, the, yeah. Yeah, their class, their animation classroom or something. Right, is their it, studio is is this universe the forty second universe? Is this Earth forty two? 
I'm sure we have people screaming at us in the comments section now, no, it means this! Oh yeah, I'm sure. To which I say thank you. <laughs> wonder what Jonah was like in this world when he figured that out. Yeah, he's not in this film, is he? He is not, not even mentioned. We see some bugle papers, but we do not see or hear him. That's that's very strange. Yeah. Because I'm sure he would have a heck of a moment. It's a great moment in Ultimate when he figures out uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and he goes from being like a guy who really hated him to being one of his biggest defenders. Yeah, yeah, you see him in comics now where he's like teaming up with P Peter and everything. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I'm a different type of Spider-Man than you. I have a Venom Blast, and I can turn invisible. <laughs> Which, like, none of the other Spider-People have that. No. Here we have Dad Bod Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is a great character. He, he, he's fantastic. I was, I was upset because they added this costume to the spider-man uh playstation game but they it didn't add it like that where he has like the mismatched boots and the coat <laughs> and the, the hobo pants it's just like his costume where he's just got kind of a gut he's just a little fat <laughs> yeah i'm like oh that's upsetting and this spider-man too i think is probably one of the most realistic interpretations of like if they let spider-man get old what he would be like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also too that spider-man clearly jewish because he did the step on the cup thing at the wedding yeah, people will be happy about that. Exactly, because he's had a ton of Jewish creators, and Lord knows Bendis had him kicking a bunch of Yiddish from time to time. <laughs> oh, crying in the shower, we've all been there. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't. What a what a realistic look at Spider-Man's depression when <laughs> if he got old and divorced. <laughs> This is kind of like the Spider-Man we see in Life Story, where he's like, look, I'm still fighting crime, but I'm also fighting a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, this is midlife, midlife crisis Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. His biggest battle of all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's going to be getting a barbed wire tattoo and a sports car soon. <laughs> getting strong. I say that all the time now. <laughs> oh, just getting strong as I eat these chips. And again, you know, just from a thematic level, you know, him teaching Miles in a way reignites his love for Spider-Man, shows him what's important, and gets him to yeah. get his shit together. Yeah, I, again, this, this Spider-Man, much like how Uncle Aaron is his Uncle Ben, this Spider-Man becomes his Uncle Ben as well. Indeed. Well, hey, uh, uh, Steph Curry was in there for a second. Oh, really? Yeah. And we got, like, a bunch of fake movie posters yeah. here, too. Hey, yeah, from Dust to Sean. I think that's pretty funny. Uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney's uh, yeah. Broadway show. <laughs> yeah, oh, hello. Instead, it's hi, hello. Yeah. The, the Red Man group, because, you know, not the Blue Man group. Which, <laughs> which the Red Man group are far more intimidating than the Blue Man group. They take no shit in this universe. great use of the panels it's like and that's my story 
I like too. This movie takes place in winter time. Yeah. You don't see like, Spider-Man swing around in the winter all that often, or if they do, it's like a very special issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like winter Christmas time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we got superhero slapstick. <laughs> Which, yeah, Spider-Man is uniquely uh, equipped for physical comedy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether the cops say it, but, like, do they, do they think that that... This this guy is the Peter like like um, Miles dug up the body or something. Yeah, I think they think he's an imposter and he's fucking around. But yeah, wow, what what a dark thing there! Oh my god, he dug up Spider Man's body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell is he doing with it? <laughs> Plans to have sex with it probably. Let's stop him. <laughs> <laughs> no spider necrophilia on my shift. I like this. Uh, just casually grinding his face across the concrete. That's fine. Uh, Metahuman healing factor. It's all good. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Also that too. Also, no. I, I guess Metahuman is more DC. I guess enhanced person. <laughs> what? What? What do we consider Spider-Man? He's not a mutant. He's genetically altered. Super soldier. There you go. But only sometimes, because they keep changing what the spider is. Sometimes it was just yeah. hit with radiation. Sometimes it's genetically altered, like in the Ultimate Universe, and like it is here. <laughs> sometimes it's magic. Yeah, some, yeah sometimes it was, it, it was fate. The spider always had that those powers and mm -hmm. was meant to give it to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. T total New York moment, just everyone walking over here. We got shit to do, places to be. I like one of the people walking over him was Stan Lee. Aww. Apparently that that was like a thing with this film, like on all like the trains and everything, like the animators wanted to animate Stan Lee, so they put him in wherever they could. Because, you know, he's the beyonder. He's everywhere at once. <laughs> he's watching everything. Mm -hmm. See, we made the Aaron's apartment set really good because we knew we'd keep coming back here several times throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be that guy in the band who wears his own band shirt, Miles. It's a bad look, bro. <laughs> how cool everyone just is with the idea of alternate universes <laughs> yeah no one's like kind of freaking out at like probably the existential horror that would create but what do you mean every decision i make here just creates a butterfly effect for several universes <laughs> where i didn't <laughs> and there's a universe where i cured cancer and a universe where i'm hitler who also cured cancer <laughs> We all, we all just become Rick and Morty. It's like, yes, those universes exist, and the answer is don't think about it. Come watch TV. <laughs> like that, now they've they've introduced, I guess, I guess what you call a ticking clock element, where yeah. like the spider people can't live in this universe because they're not 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 in sync in sync with it they can't sync up their apple devices can't sync which is a very good uh you know kind of limiter to put in where it's like well why don't we get infinite spider people here every time there's a problem because it literally could kill them yeah 
It's like when Trek does time travel. Look, the Enterprise did it five times, and five times they almost didn't make it back. <laughs> I, I love that we could do this with these characters, have a scene where they're just, like, walking down the side of a building like mm. it's just a street. Oh, yeah. I need to destroy the collider. I need to destroy collider.com. <laughs> also, man, how relevant that is, too, that the villains have a giant Hadrian collider when that's, like, a real thing and, like, a real fear. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they could just mess up and blow up the whole universe and none of us would even know. Yeah. Well, what happened with that Hadrian collider? I guess they haven't turned it on again recently. <laughs> Or they're turning it on a bunch and we don't know. They actually found the alternate universes, but now they're not just sharing with everyone. Oh, no, see, that's the thing. Like, we're in an ultimate universe, but we wouldn't know. Oh, shit. My mind is blown. <laughs> we're one of the branch timelines. Yeah, I'm not nearly high enough for this conversation. <laughs> Whoa. Am I dreaming you or are you dreaming me, bro? <laughs> Uh, now Miles using his other amazing power, guilt tripping. <laughs> Older Spider-Man, Peter Parker, not used to meeting someone who's a lot like him when he was that age. <laughs> Bumming cash off a child. <laughs> Classic Peter Parker. <laughs> I'm not very <laughs> liquid right now. <laughs> I like this. The spider is not interested in having a partner at all. Nope. Look, I had a partner. His name was Alpha. He was a dud. <laughs> yeah, do you remember Alpha? <laughs> uh, I try not to. <laughs> remember how big of a success he was oh, yeah. he's not even in the comics anymore nope. like no one's done anything with him no one's even done something passive aggressive with him to like bring him back but as a villain yeah 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 that's what i always expected him was like oh this this character's gonna like he's gonna be like some big big secret bad guy behind some big event or something you know what he needs to be no. He needs to be a champion's villain is what he needs to be. He needs to be like, I was the hip young hero before all of you, and no one gave me a chance. Hey, what, what if what if Alpha is that, that villain, that bug villain? Mm, oh, shit, I'm from your past, Spider-Man. You forgot me. <laughs> you didn't love me. It would just be me and you, Spider-Man. Wow, he talks like, a, what is it, a jilted lover, because that's how he views himself. <laughs> wow, Matt, if, if that turns out to be right... <laughs> Oh, please, no. Oh, actually, please, yes, because I know the, like, the salt that it would create would be amazing. Mm -hmm. It was me. I love this. we got a plan, and it's going to be shown in comic panels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and bagels. Also, great use of St. Elmo's fire, too. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Again, references like the kids watching this film wouldn't even recognize did you know the man who sings St. Elmo's Fire? Uh, oh, I had an interesting fact to it, but now I don't think it was that guy. <laughs> I think it might have been another guy.
Mm, no, I, now I remember. The guy who sang St. Elmo's Fire also sang the most famous jingle for Gillette razors. Really? Yeah, Gillette, the best a man can get. That's the St. Elmo's Fire guy. <laughs> Apparently, if you go to his concerts, I don't know why you would, he'll sing a little of the Gillette theme. <laughs> oh, wow, let's go to his concerts. Yeah, you know, he's got to play all the hits. Man, these are some spacious air ducts they got here at Alchemax. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta filter yeah, the, out all the, the two, evil. Two people wide. <laughs> you gotta filter out all the evil at Alchemax. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they got them working overtime there. So Is this before or after the Inhumans took it over? Yeah, really. Oh, that's right. That did happen, didn't it? Yeah, Black Bolt's son is in charge of Alchemax. He still kind of is in the comics, though they don't reference it because it's in humans. Right, and because, you know, we don't reference Spider-Man 2099, either outside the year 2099. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, he loses control over it, so all the other uh, people can take back control. <laughs> I like Tombstone is just here hanging out, too. Yeah, he's kind of he's like what the the thug henchman to to Wilson, the heavy. Yeah, and it makes sense too because you need a villain who fights with guns. So later on in the movie, he can fight Spider Man Noir, who also fights with guns. Yeah, uh, I love this more boobery. This this is the scene too where he has to like sing more Post Malone to relax himself. That's the one that they supercut in all the other countries, and he's still singing Post Malone even in different languages. That's great. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I bet Peter Parker doesn't have pipes like this. <laughs> he wished he did. Spider-Punk might. <laughs> Which, hey, if we get a sequel, can we get Spider-Punk? Yes. I want Spider-Punk. I want Man of Spiders. What What are some other funny ones that we want? Yes, Spider's-Man. Yeah, Spider's-Man. I'm not a man made entirely of spiders, I promise. <laughs> and I haven't eaten anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please remember this long password. Mm -hmm. This is, this is such a great reveal, too, because it's like, oh, he might actually pull this off. In his sweatpants. Oh, that's great. You know, he's, he's got the dad bod. He's got the nerd hot thing going on. You know, he can, he can make it work. Little did he know. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. It's really cool as well because there's, like, cues to, to like, find out her identity all around the lab and everything but she's got no tentacle. one even recognizes oh god look at that that desktop triggered me mm, i know right that's like mm, no but you know she's a chaotic genius this this lets you know she's evil if you didn't already know because <laughs> she keeps a messy desktop that's her security she doesn't need antivirus or anything she just has a messy desktop mm-hmm and I, I love that Miles is like, things like, well, I can't find the file. I'll just take the whole computer. <laughs> we don't need the monitor. 
Which, hey, some of those rigs get really heavy. <laughs> no shit. I love the design of the tentacles. They're these weird, like, medical plastic things that get filled with air. Yeah, yeah they look so cool. Such a unique design. <laughs> also, that line there, my friends call me Liv. What does Aunt May call her later when she shows up? Yeah. Which is very interesting, because in the main universe, Aunt May dated Dr. Octopus for a little bit. <laughs> Which I wonder, did that happen in this universe too? Because they seem quite familiar with each other. And this this Aunt May clearly still fucks, because she's like, hey, can you help me set up an online dating profile? <laughs> I, I don't understand these computers, but I ain't dead yet. I don't understand these computers, but I'm technically the Alfred in the Batcave. Yeah, really. You know, I, well, I'm sure he walked her through it there. It's all very user-friendly. <laughs> it's got Alexa in there. Alexa, bring up Spider-Man files. Alexa, turn on <laughs> Netflix. Oh, sorry, everyone, if you were listening to this and you have an Alexa and I just made it go. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes that happens. Did, did you know that, like, the, the ads that they do for Alexa and when they say Alexa, apparently... The audio went on the word Alexa is at a different decibel that the actual unit can't hear them. Oh, interesting. I thought that was pretty cool. Huh. Man, I would have loved to have seen this movie in 3D. I bet this would have been mind-blowing. I I didn't mainly because it's 3D and I, I hate 3D. But yeah, this is probably one of those films that probably would have done really well in 3d because animated movies in general do better in 3d than live yeah. action movies not and you know because yeah, they're, they're easier to make for 3d they are and easier to post convert most of the time as well here we go the crash course literally on swinging mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you can swing for your life you can swing normally <laughs> you can dodge a dock arc, you can dodge a ball. Ooh, I love the little like after effects he leaves behind yeah. the after images. Now it is a video game. Double tap to release and thwip again as we get yes. the thwip sound effect. Yeah, release thwip. Release thwip. <laughs> yeah. Did Do the quick time event. Did you ever think there'd be a time where they actually mentioned thwip in the script and it's like, what's a thwip? Well, that's the sound he makes. That's the sound effect. We've been saying it for years. <laughs> Oh no, Peter's boneitis kicked in. <laughs> you know, in the in other universes they have a cure for boneitis. <laughs> but not this one though. Doc Ock is like, not my computer, all my porn is on there. <laughs> <laughs> my weird tentacle porn. Oh, you just know it, don't you? 
Also, I just upped my WoW subscription, so you're also not taking that. <laughs> why Why do you think I invented these tentacles so I could work, but also, you know, grind for gold at the same time? <laughs> what a great entrance for Spider-Gwen, so much to the point that was the trailer. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. That was like the big reveal. When we thought it was only going to be these uh, three. Actual covers. And it's great because, like, the the stuff you see in, in these Origins are, like, things from, like, her comics as yes. well. Like, like covers or, like, splash pages and stuff. She's in a band. The Mary Janes. Uh, her Peter Parker became the Lizard. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's some shit. Good, good summation of her story, yeah. The, they all are, all, the ones they do for, like, Penny Parker, Spider-Ham, all that, they're all really great summarizations that just tell you who the character is. Mm -hmm. Also, in my world, uh, Daredevil Matt Murdock is the kingpin. Uh, Punisher <laughs> is a cop, it's a whole thing. Was that cop that, that she saved, was his name Castle? Uh, it very well might be, because I'm sure if they... I'll have to go back and pause it. Uh, it could also be The Thing, because The Thing is also a cop in that yeah. universe, too. From Yancey Street, naturally. Which, I don't know... Man, if her, her universe is so cool. I, I wish we get, like, more explore, exploration of it. Well, apparently we can't, because she's coming to the main universe now. Yeah, yeah. Which, I hope, if nothing else, they will learn from the mistakes they made... And the pitfalls when it came to bringing Miles into the main universe. I think Miles has gotten over it now mostly, but it was a rough little bit there. And his wife looking exactly like she does in the comics. See, this is really cool. This is like like Bill Sinkovich yeah. kind of art. That right. like kind of like sketchy Portrait, painting art. Yeah. Patriot looks great watercolors but not quite watercolors yeah don't don't worry about losing your kid uh wilson he's a dickbag <laughs> he really is isn't he yeah he becomes the rose and that doesn't work and he's just a constant failure all the time <laughs> like that's his great claim to fame in the comics a wilson fisk kid that he's just a huge failure <laughs> Yeah, it goes off by the, the Fisk's name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my father will hear about this. Basically. Like, he <laughs> wants to be a criminal, but he's really bad at being a criminal, but no one will hurt him because he's Fisk's kid. Yeah. I forget what story it was. It was probably a Bendis Daredevil where he's just hanging out at the bad guy bar drinking in the afternoon. <laughs> and, like, everyone's wearing a costume, and it's like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like, oh, that's Wilson Fisk's kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess he can be here. How does she justify wearing her costume in public? Because it's just a cool hoodie when you take it down. <laughs> now, I know you don't watch a wrestling map, but there's a wrestler out there named Leva Bates, and she has, like, a cosplay gimmick, and in one of her biggest matches, she wore the Ghost Spider Spider-Gwen costume. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she just came out wearing it, and, like, she's also been, like, uh, she's been, like, a Volta tech person from Fallout. She's been all sorts of things. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, that's great, and I can understand why you've only recently been signed to a big company, because I'm sure that breaks some sort of copyright law. <laughs> Such great organic writing, too, where it's like, well, we're out of ideas. Where do we go? Uh, Aunt May's house. Yeah, the one constant, basically, through all universes. Which I love that so much, that Aunt May is the Spider-Man constant. And that they weren't even the first people to have that idea either. Mm-hmm. I think is, I think in the movie, I know it was in the comics around the time the movie came out, but do they reference her as um, Spider's Ma'am? Uh, maybe for a second, I don't know. Where Aunt May becomes the spy, spider person and, like, Uncle Ben and Peter become, like, her, like, oracles. Yeah, they should. Uh, what, a, what an emotionally effective moment here, because you know... His Aunt May has probably been dead for a while, so getting to see oh, her yeah. for the first time. And he's been dead, and she never got to see him grow up, so to see him at this age is pretty big for her. <laughs> what dimension are you from, Brooklyn? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to the spider cave, the legally distinct spider cave. <laughs> Yeah, Sp Spider-Man doesn't usually have a sanctum to hide all his shit, but maybe he should. No, well, when, when he was, like, um, when he had his company, I guess he had, like, the company. That's and true. You, you could probably get away with calling, like, Horizon Labs his, yeah. his spider cave. I guess. At least, at least for a while there. I guess, too, because, you know, he's the everyman hero. He only really has what's on him and everything. Hey, the Spider-Mobile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which Spider-Man only got the Spider-Mobile as part of, like, an ad thing, and then he crashed yeah. it. Oh, what, Ooh, the PlayStation costume what, is in there. What, what's your favorite suit, everyone? Because they're all there. <laughs> I love the look of this, like, cave with all, like, the how it's all, like, dark with, like, the webs. Yeah. So it looks like everything's, like, held up by webs. You're literally standing in a giant web. <laughs> hey, remember when Spider-Man had a cape? <laughs> it was that horrible Fear Itself costume. Yeah, yeah, it is. Why did you keep that? Also, look, hey, we got Hammerhead up there. We got the Enforcers on the wall. So many other villains that actually exist. I like that. <laughs> and that they descend from the top like spiders from their webs. How's <laughs> the window is blowing when he's around in a basement? <laughs> <laughs> wherever I go, the wind blows. And that the anime Spider-Woman is just in a completely different art style than everyone else and just stays that way. That's the thing. They, they're all in their own distinct art styles, and they all work. Oh, yeah. They shouldn't. Man, John Mulaney, great casting for Spider-Ham. Yeah, aren't they bringing him back for, like, a short or something? I heard, yeah. I didn't read the annual this week, but apparently the annual this week was a Spider-Ham story. Oh, nice. But it's like, well, if I can only afford one, I'll read Amazing Spider-Man 24 over this. Yeah. 
Man, Nick Cage as a Spider-Man. So good. <laughs> hey, I'm Penny Parker. Did you ever see Evangelion? I'm basically that. I'm that without the depression. Mm -hmm. And my ending is better. <laughs> Animal puns. It's great because, like, I think at the in the end battle, they they use the fact that that Spider Ham is a cartoon. Like, mm -hmm. they use like cartoon physics with him, mm -hmm. so he can like pull stuff out of like the corners of things and everything. What do you mean you don't like cartoons? <laughs> Everyone wants to be the selfless hero. <laughs> Because they all are, in fact, selfless heroes. Miles' hero's journey, really, really solid in that he literally fights for it every minute until the very end. <laughs> he, he earns it. He surely, surely does. He goddamn earns it. What about his powers? I can't really command those. Which he couldn't in the beginning. <laughs> but that's still two more than you guys can do. <laughs> Well, I guess they all have their own thing there, you know, uh, he's a Spider-Man Noir is good with guns, Penny Parker has a giant robot, Spider-Ham is cartoon physics. Which, again, they fixed this problem that Web Warriors, the comic, had when they had a thing, and that is, you know, a team of Spider-People shouldn't work because they all have the same power. Yeah, you would think so, yeah, so they need, they all need, like, something s specific to them. Yeah, here they find a way to really make it work. <laughs> this all sounds hard stop yelling at me <laughs> also have you ever been in a fight miles because <laughs> we're your friends and we're whooping your ass right now <laughs> <laughs> we're not even trying yeah really and i mean this kingpin literally killed spider-man with his bare hands so you know He's looking right at us while we tell him he sucks. <laughs> Can turn invisible when he's sad. Yeah, and leave. Again, great use of songs, most of which I had never heard. Again, I'm, I'm not that hip when it comes to music. I usually only have classic rock radio. Yeah, no, the, the, the soundtrack for this movie is, is really good. And it, it definitely, like, as you said before, made me, like, take note of, like, the Post Malone song and a bunch of the other songs in here. And I, I know I've got a couple of them on my Spotify list at the moment. Same. Oh, Ditko. Steve Ditko was on his phone. Yeah. Hey. Uh, quick, call him. Yeah, hey, can you solve that case, uh, Miles' dad? Jeff, can you maybe, like, find Steve Ditko wherever he's hiding and get him out? 
He's he's the last great surviving Spider-Man person who was there from the beginning. He just refuses to come out and uh, face the public. I'm guessing he has like agoraphobia or something that's like went undiagnosed for years. Yeah. Also, like in the back of my mind, too, like, is Steve Ditko just waiting for Stan Lee to die and then he'll come out and tell his side of the story? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he's just like Alan Moore and has to like live in the darkness because the sun will kill him. <laughs> Because he's some manner of vampire. <laughs> also, too, again, hey, if you're just watching this movie for the first time and you don't inherently know that Prowler is Uncle Aaron, the fact that he comes back to his house should let you know. Yeah. This is a pretty terrifying scene as well. Mm-hmm. Also, to uh, <clears throat> Miles' dad being so desperate to find him and so worried that he actually reaches out to his brother. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, really, really hurting his pride to have to do that. And I like to think that had he answered his phone and had he heard that, uh, Uncle Aaron probably would have dropped everything to go find him. Oh, yeah, he probably would have. And that even Aaron couldn't put it together that Miles was totally Spider-Man. Uh oh. God, just watch. This is this was a really great tracing. Oh yeah. Just how the Prowler moves and the cape and everything. Yeah. That like a prowler. Yeah, it would have been hard to animate, I imagine. I wonder how long this movie was actually in like development, because you never really find out how long movies like this are in development. No, not. I'd imagine that you'd have to say like four years or something. You'd think like usually not till like way after the fact, and it takes them forever to finish animation. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, all the glass and particle physics and everything else. Also, too, I, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, Aaron's ultimate death, uh, I'm going to say, better in the movie than in the comic, actually. Oh, yeah, everything about the character is better in the movie than in the comics. And, like, the comic, like, he he's really good in that first arc. As, like, an inverse of Uncle Ben, it's just amazing that the movie finds all these little different moments that the comics don't have. Yeah, well, yeah, like, as I said near the beginning, like, it's stuff that, like, you would think someone would, like, someone writing it would would have thought about. Mm. But then it, it took, like, a movie to actually think of it. And when you, when you, like, see it unfold, you're like, oh, that was actually, like, really, like, obvious for the character. To distill it and crystallize it, yeah. Because here's the thing, when Uncle Aaron dies in the original comics, 
he like accidentally kills himself because he was using too much supervillain mm-hmm. tech and like uh like his death is sad and everything but it's more like ah you idiot yeah 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 you're hoisted by your own petard mm-hmm. yeah the fact that aunt may instantly knows who it is scorpion yeah which again he's very close to the hispanic version from the ultimate universe but also a robot it's a very interesting design of several aesthetics all together also i like too we set up the fact that uh miles speaks spanish at home so miles probably knows exactly what the scorpion is saying (laughs) he never lets on but he knows exactly what he's saying <laughs> the string all of Aunt May's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, how are you going to explain this one to the neighbors, May? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just sitting there and they all came smashing in. Yeah, that'll just buff out. That one, that <laughs> that one will not buff out. I love that scorpion so much. That's so cool. It's a very interesting design. See, now we're just watching this because this is just a great scene. It is. It's so cool. But when do you have like a big third, like second to third act fight scene? But it's just like in a in a friggin' normal house. Yeah, in a, in a house in Queens, mm-hmm. with so many characters as well. Mm-hmm. Miles, I am your uncle. Yeah, we already we already figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh shit. Cuz when Comic Uncle Aaron found out that Miles was Spider-Man, he instantly like tried to manipulate him cuz like Comic Uncle Aaron is actually more of a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Like, here they made him very sympathetic and very, like, three-dimensional. Yep. Why so many dead uncles? Also, too, much like in the comics, Miles' dad hated Spider-Man and superheroes for the longest time and now here to put such a big reason onto why. Oh, yeah.
interesting, too, to see uh, Aaron working with Kingpin, because, again, in the Ultimate Comics, that was the thing that when they were young, Aaron and uh, Jeff did actually try and join Kingpin's gang. So it's, it's all connected. They did their homework. They did. They did. They did it more than like most of the comics do. Which is crazy to think. Good, good, good on Lord and Miller. They use they use every part of the creative buffalo. <laughs> Which again makes me really hopeful for them uh, overseeing all these new Spider-Man and comic book properties for Sony. Mm. It's really funny as well because like this movie is like insanely good and popular and everything. And I think they started on this after they got canned from solo uh, or around the same time interesting. so like yeah I, I i bet lucasfilm isn't too pleased with having to let them go yeah what, what do you mean we let them go what do you mean it became an uh, academy award-winning movie <laughs> Fuck. it made like all this money what do, what do you mean it was funny and emotional and it had all this other shit going for it i still can't believe that happened yeah <laughs> Again, you know, Lord and Miller are masters of taking stuff that really shouldn't work and having it work like, hey, we're rebooting the 21 Jump Street series. All right, let's make it a complete uh, self-aware reboot that knows how silly it is, and let's have a sequel that's even funnier because it continually mocks stupid sequel tropes. Yeah, but at the same time, also make it have, like, lots of action and be, like, kind of a cool action film plus be, like, kind of dramatic at points. Yeah, be a good cop movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a competent cop film. Then, hey, let's do Lego movies. Oh, you mean something that should be, like, a real uh, tasteless, really ugly uh, experiment in just, like, you know, crass corporatism? Okay, we'll do that, but we'll also make it a movie about, like, artistic expression and everything, and that'll be the backbone of it. Then we'll make a sequel that is about people trying to, like, you know, darken up and take away things that should be for kids. And I'm like, again, you shouldn't be able to make any of that work, but you make it work. <laughs> and then here we own the idea where it's like, well, yeah, anyone can be Spider-Man. Which, you know, again, on some level could be seen as just, like, a crass marketing thing. Where it's like, oh, yeah, anyone can be Spider-Man. And because anyone can be Spider-Man, you, you should all give us your money. But to actually have it make a lot of sense and being like, yeah, you know, Spider-Man is an idea. Yeah, well, I think that's, like, I think that's actually something Stanley said. Like, he, yeah. he did it, he did, like, make Spider-Man with the mask and everything. So he could be, in, like, anyone could be under the mask. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the whole deal with it, and they, they took that and ran with it. Yeah, and own it in such a really amazing way. I remember seeing a video of this scene getting it made and, like, how difficult it was because they had, like, all these characters up there. All of them were their own like animation style right, and like naturally. they shouldn't fit together so you had to do like all these different like animation styles fit together and it just took them so long to do boy boy miles is gonna have a lot of explaining to do <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man that didn't happen you were high you dropped this acid he just gaslights <laughs> the shit out of gank <laughs> sprinkle a little crack on him there you go you said hey your dad's, your dad's a cop he's probably got some in his in his belt yeah there you go you know for special occasions just, eh. <laughs> just just spend the whole rest of the school you're just gaslighting gank there it's like yeah you said hey let's drop this acid i'm like no d- d- <laughs> drugs aren't cool drugs are for fools 
<laughs> but you did it anyway and saw several spider people. And now he's in the angry phase that Peter was in when his uncle was killed. <laughs> I like this. Peter's just trying one last, mm. one last thing to push him. Yeah, to get it out of him. P push, push him off that building. Mm -hmm. That's certain je ne sais quoi, as the French say. <laughs> you don't have it. Look, tell you what, you spend some time with French Spider-Man and he'll tell you all about je ne sais quoi. <laughs> and even this whole leap of faith thing, which in the hands of anyone else could have come off really corny and really disingenuous, but here is actually mm -hmm. really, really effective. Don't worry, that web stuff dissolves after a couple hours, as we now know, as every fan can tell you. <laughs> why Why isn't the street just covered in webs all the time? It dissolves after a bit. Quick, Pedo, wake up. <laughs> It'd be really unfortunate for someone to walk in on him right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. some... Genki did a he like took crack and then tied me up and... oh oh you kids and you erotic asphyxiation games <laughs> I was young once too <laughs> ah this this scene right here is just another heart shredder his dad trying to say all this stuff to him and everything telling him that his mm -hmm. uncle is dead yeah because he knows their relationship isn't that good and that you know they were closer for whatever reason mm -hmm. ah but that this is what ultimately inspires Miles to get out there and, you know, get the job done. Because uh, that is the other thing about Spider-Man, the personal toll it takes on all the people you know. And that's it, the Yeah, yeah, the, the, there's that. Yeah, it's the same with, like, heroes like Flash. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess to a latter extent, like Superman and Batman and stuff like that. You'll always have to lie to people for yeah. the greater good, and you'll hurt them, and they'll never know why. Mm -hmm. But if they did know why, they'd be hurt even more. Yeah, that's that's the real tragedy of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, not a not a dry eye in the house right now. <laughs> I promised I wasn't going to eat all these chips, but I kept going back to them. <laughs> but I ate all the chips. Mm. No, there's still some left. <laughs> Is some, like, two little ones in the bottom of the bag? Well, it's it's July 1st tomorrow, which is Canada Day, so, you know, i got to save some for fireworks. <laughs> oh, shit.
Yeah, leaving all the webs around the place. I just blame it on Genki. There you go. Ah, man, you crazy. Why are you so crazy? Yeah, whatever. Deal with this later. <laughs> well, we've all been there. We should really clean this up eh, tomorrow. Oh yeah, now this this is the moment right here. This is probably one of the best suit up montages in modern superhero <laughs> movies. I love what they do with the costume here, that he literally took an old Spider-Man suit and using his abilities as an artist, remixed it. Yeah, made it his own. Yeah. Which, again, that's so fucking smart. I wish the comics took that idea. <laughs> I wish they did that first. Well, how did he get his co uh, costume in the, in the comics? Uh, I think Maria Hill just gives it to him. Oh, oh, the, yeah, that that's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, it within the con... Or no, does she give him web shooters? Because, like, he doesn't have web shooters for the longest time. Yeah, I, I think it's given to him is the thing. Okay. Ugh, that falling thing. There's a new co cover coming up of the Salt in a Mid-Series, and they recreate mm -hmm. that scene of him falling. Yeah, they, they've actually... They got the artist who and who's an animator on this to do, like, a bunch of covers for it. Mm -hmm. I, uh... I remember, too, it was a big deal when I read Solid in Amid's first issue, which came out like only a couple weeks before this movie. And I'm like, man, he really changed the way Miles talks. He doesn't really talk like this in the Ultimate Universe and when Bendis was writing him. And I'm like, why Why the big change all of a sudden? Then I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, he talks like he, walk, he, like he does in the movie. Clearly, Amid was allowed to see the movie, and they're like, just make him like this now. <laughs> which is fine by me, because I'm like, yo, this is, yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah, go for it. Well, see, see, that's the thing. Sometimes I'm very apprehensive about that because usually when, like, movies start dictating comics, it's, like, for the worst. Like, it's, like, really crappy changes just that aren't going to stick around, but this is one change. These are changes that I want to stick around. Remember New 52 Green Lantern when he just started acting yep. like Ryan Reynolds? And that was only, like, a couple months, and they're like, yeah, we're done with this. Yep. <laughs> And this is where the spider people keep their change in case they need to ride the bus. <laughs> and of course Fisk would throw like a super tacky Spider-Man themed party. Of course he would, yeah. Because again, he's just lording his defeat over him even now. <laughs> oh, you bullshit artist. <laughs> no, no Fisk has ever been close to any Spider-Man in any multiverse. <laughs> and all the waiters are dressed up like like um, mm. Spider-Man because they're servants, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. It's great. Also, geez, Mary Jane, they must really have twisted your arm to make you come here. <laughs> Then again, we don't know what their relationship was like in this universe, do we? No, we, we don't really get a lot of Mary, like this Mary Jane, at no. least. She serves her purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
then he gets to have this whole moment just talking to this lady and she has no idea he's having a moment. He's talking about bread. Yeah. Boy, this guy really takes bread seriously. <laughs> also, I'm surprised she doesn't take umbrage with uh, Spider-Gwen and Spider-Man Noir. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is, that, that is not the costume right there. <laughs> you, you guys are totally going against the theme right now. <laughs> what, are, what are you guys supposed to be, like knockoff Spider-Man, like bargain bin Spider-People? No, wait till you see Japanese mech Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, that needs to be in the sequel. Even if we just see his universe for a second. I wonder... The Spider-Man that can just win with Deus Ex Machina's... <laughs> I wonder, what is it there, if they are actually allowed to use him or if Toei still owns a piece of that. And yeah. Because obviously, you know, his his Megazord, Spider-Man's Megazord, Leopardon! <laughs> <laughs> Which, why, why does Spider-Man's robot, why, why is it a lion? <laughs> Do explain. Yeah, it was footage they had left over from another Sentai series, probably. Probably. Yeah, that would be some crazy shit if that's, like, the plot of, uh... Spider-Verse 2. Oh yeah, he needs to fight the Iron Cross army from the weird Japanese Tokusetsai universe. <laughs> you know, it's either that or do the Inheritors, which I would say don't do the Inheritors because they're not no. because they're not that great. But if Lord and Miller did the Inheritors, maybe they'd find some interesting material they, for them. Yeah, that, that's a good point. They they would actually make them interesting more than, more more interesting than these are energy vampires that are connected to spider-man in some way because spider-man's like here by fate yeah which kind of defeats the purpose of like oh you know random fate anyone could have been bitten by the spider thing mm -hmm. and now we get one of my favorite uh tropes in any movies like this the okay everyone pick your partner and dance <laughs> yeah, pair off with your enemy adjacent yeah your enemy adjacent there you know she's she's the oldest one on the villain team so obviously the older spider-man fights her uh penny and her robot fights the robotic scorpion tombstone fights uh spider-man noir because they both use guns and it's a fair fight <laughs> and he's a gangster yeah he's a gangster there you go <laughs> hey, you got a cool new suit. <laughs> Do I want kids, he thinks in this one. I'm a great dad. <laughs> I'm so happy I was your dad, Miles. Well, actually, I, I have a dad who I've been really ignoring, actually. <laughs> Now, what a wonderfully colorful feast for the eyes right here. Oh, is it ever? And as well, like, because when I first saw the animation and everything, I was kind of worried, like, oh, they're, like, kind of jumping between, like, animation styles. I'm probably going to get a headache from that. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there was an, oh, what was it, a movie that did something similar? 
uh, I'm blanking on the name, but I, I, I remember I got like a bad headache from it, but I never got one from this. No, no, it's very, it does its job. Well, heck, I get more of a headache watching something like the end of X-Men Apocalypse, where it's just like, all right, shit's just blown up everywhere. Yeah. And it's all clearly, you know, fake, so, you know, I got nothing to latch onto. This is a cartoon, everything is fake, and I'm able to latch onto stuff way easier. Yeah, that was like CG for the sake of CG. Great sense of geography here, too, which is hard to do yeah. in such chaos. Oh, no. Not my robot, Dad. <laughs> cartoon anvil. See? Cartoon physics. Mm. <laughs> which I'm sure is something the people on this movie uh, has said many a times. What, you got a problem with cartoons? Cartoons are great, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, be, be sad, but not for too long, though, because don't worry. <laughs> In, in in typical comic book fashion. Oh no, a character died. Yeah, but they're back though. <laughs> don't don't be too sad for too long. Again, hey, he, he was able to save Gwen. Yeah, in this universe, he was. Which again, they don't even bother getting into that. But yeah, you know, I knew a Gwen once too, and she died, and it really fucked me up for years. It was taken out by a truck. Yeah. Good old multiverse truck. That uh, that truck was, of course, driven by the trucker Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, that was Spider-Truck. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Truck. It's a sent sentient truck from the Cars universe that got bitten by a radioactive truck. From uh, Earthbreaker Breaker 619. <laughs> and there's a Spider-Truck uh, hauling uh, Gamma Juice out of Earth 619. <laughs> Do, do you copy? We got Smokey the Octopus on our back. Viva la convoy. <laughs> hey, come on. If they make a Spider-Verse 3 and there's a spider trucker, you uh, you know who they owe money to. <laughs> See, a spider's not really dead. No, it's just you just lost your cool robot. But it was a really cool robot, though. Also, if I remember Penny Parker, too, when they did, like, a sequel to her story and they invented the Venom for that universe, Venom is like her mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a, um, a suit like her mother made. Uh-huh. Which is, like, a better suit that looks even more like a freaking Evangelion robot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like, her new, like, Penny's new suit in the comic looks more like, like an Evangelion robot than, than it was in the first one. Yeah, and then they had, uh, Edwina Brock, cause get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was, I think, I think in that book, like, a, another classmate of hers? Yes, yes, she was. Which again is, like, Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, right, I, again, we're doing all the mech animes. <laughs> I will solve the mystery of this Rubik's Cube. You wait and see. <laughs> I love I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, like, because like, he's black and white, could he see that in black and white? Like, a, a damn fine question. 
because <laughs> I could just imagine it's a queue of this like black and white squares and he's got to solve it. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. I like to, whenever they fall back into the void there, the whole light changes to match their character. So it got all anime, <laughs> then it got cartoony, then it got black and white. Also, shit, this movie does a better job building a romance between Miles and Spider-Gwen than the actual comics did when they tried that ever so briefly. <laughs> and they do it in only, like, uh, a little under two hours. I guess that's another thing they'll have to solve when Spider-Gwen does come to the main universe. Uh, how does everyone else feel about this? Yeah, like, how is Peter going to react to seeing, like, a, a Gwen Stacy back? Yeah, they've, well, they've met each other a couple times, but it feels like they've never really sat down and had that yeah. conversation. Because, mm -hmm. like, they, they played it where it's like, oh, but she has a little, like, uh, arm thing, so she can jump back and forth, kind of like they do at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. They they need to really do that with, like, Spider-Man. Like, ha have, have, like, an issue or two where they just, like, sit down and just, like, sort everything out. Yeah, we need to talk about our issues. Like, all the stuff with, with Peter and Miles, and, like, what Peter's going through and what Miles is going through, and then, oh, there's this Spider-Gwen person here now. Uh, Chip Zdarsky did it with, uh, what is it, Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson when Spider-Man finally mm -hmm. admitted that he was Spider-Man too, and it was yep. one of the best issues they've ever done. Yeah. Uh, leap of faith. So cool. It also fits, too, where it's like, you know, Miles' final boss is just a really strong dude. <laughs> yeah, an absolute unit of uh, a man. He really, really is. Never has the word absolute unit fit more. <laughs> <laughs> and even how he ultimately defeats the Kingpin is great, too. Like, he loses before he's ever beaten. And we're back to the train again, the train that keeps being a thing. Mm-hmm. This is cool, too, because, you know, in the Ultimate Comics, the Kingpin, you know, physically beat the shit out of Peter as well. Oh, and history repeats <laughs> itself a billion times throughout the multiverse. So every family in every universe thinks you're a piece of shit, Wilson Fisk. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> oh, oh, even for the villain, that's such a heart-shredding defeat. <laughs> yeah, you're one big piece of shit. Everywhere on multiple Earths. It's the one constant. Yeah, that you are a piece of shit and will never be happy. <laughs> like, that's what's great about the moment. Like, even before Miles defeats him, he's already super lost. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, Kingpin Smash! <laughs> he could probably actually do that as well. In this universe, probably. 
Also, yeah, hey, now that Sony and, uh, assumedly Marvel Disney are playing nicer now, I wonder in the sequel, will we see any Avengers crossover, or will we keep this solely Spider-People? It was, it's, it's, it's interesting, because you don't really, you, we don't get any, like, references no. to, like, Avengers and things, apart from, like, in the costume thing, you get the Iron Spider costume. But that's literally and if it. Goes it. By, and if it goes by the comics, then, like, obviously Civil War happened, and yeah. Iron Man exists, and Spider, and Captain America exists, and wouldn't it be cool if for the sequel, and I know plenty of people have already theorized this, if we get to see Spider-Man, who are voiced by, uh, what is it, uh, Tobey Maguire, and yeah, even throw Andrew Garfield in there if you want. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. To just... You need to get Tom Holland to voice him, and get like Tom Hardy as like Venom. I think that's uh, like that's like the main goal there. It's like, look, but can he ever so briefly in the sequel drop by the Holland universe? That would be fun. They could even make a joke about it with Miles being like, yeah, that Peter's really stuck up, isn't he? He thinks he like he's the best in the world just because he is. <laughs> or it's like, do you get the feeling that Spider-Man is looking down on the all in the uh, on the rest of us for some reason? <laughs> like he's the prime Spider-Man, or something. Like he just thinks he's like the be-all end-all of Spider-Man. Yeah. Hey, that'd be pretty cool if in the, like the sequel they. Like, because obviously these aren't like the prime universes. They visit the prime universe and and Ooh. and see like where it all kind of came from. Oh, you know what you could do? You could totally steal the plot of Terminator. Morlun is gonna come and try and kill Peter Parker in doing so, basically having a ripple effect throughout the universe and killing all other Spider Man. So they have to defend the prime universe, Spider Man. Oh yes, yes. But he can't know about it because if he knows about it, that'll also have some really negative uh, ripple effects. Oh, that'd be great. That would be. And then, you know, you could make the theme, because Lord Miller are really great at doing themes. Have it be like, look, just because we're not the prime Spider-Man doesn't mean we're not amazing in our own way. Mm-hmm. And doesn't mean we're not everything our own worlds need. I'm like, that's really good from, like, a marketing standpoint and, like, furthering your universe and in-story as well. Also, we brought brought back Hay as well, too. <laughs> which I like he was thinking of his uncle Aaron when he defeated the man who killed him <laughs> he saw the world beyond worlds and went insane boy did he yeah this is like some Lovecraft shit here or at least it should be yeah yeah he caught a glimpse of what's beyond the veil <laughs> yeah well so what'd you do after that eh you know <laughs> Like that, it took the anvil. Yep. The the cartoon anvil for mm. it to blow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing to see here, everyone. Just more explosions in comic book New York. <laughs> God, imagine how desensitized you would be living in Marvel's New York. Oh, the Avengers are fighting again. Oh, we got yeah, more ice uh... giants. Yeah, I've got to got to up my my insurance premiums. Uh-huh. To cover Hulk damage. Yeah, really. Oh, you know, I hear he's an evil guy now. Really? Yeah, he wants to end the world. Huh. <laughs> Off to super jail with you. I think they put so much emotional weight behind just this moment here. Will Miles finally talk to his dad? 
do you think he knows by the time this conversation is over and the I love you, officer, do you think he finally knows and puts it together? Probably, or at least, like, has a suspicion. Because, like, both of his parents actually know in the comics now, and I think that's refreshing <laughs> that he doesn't have to run around on them. They're aware. Mm-hmm. And that it also kind of changes their parenting style, where it's like, look, we know you got to go out and fight crime, but also can you, like, not flunk out of this expensive school you're into? That'd be nice. <laughs> it took a lot to get here. Yeah, so, you know, like, don't, don't fuck it up. <laughs> but, like, also, like, go defend people who need to be defended. And, like, can you, can you maybe, like, let Captain America have this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cap's probably got the, the – it's New York. There's, there's there's quite a few heroes. There's, there's four Fantastic Four members. <laughs> yeah, really. There, there's literally heroes everywhere. Yeah, but no one is defending Brooklyn as far as I know. <laughs> You'll be my Yeah, look, look if, they, if the enemy get a, gets a foothold in Brooklyn, they'll take over the world, okay? Yeah, it's very important. All, all the styles and trends that happen in Brooklyn travel around the world. <laughs> Wait, what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and right here, the leaving them on the web with a little note. Classic Spider-Man move. Your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. It would be cool to even see Kingpin come back for a little bit in the sequel, because especially in the Ultimate Universe, is Kingpin like, yeah, sure, you beat me and sent me to jail, but I still run all of crime in New York. Mm -hmm. In jail Yeah, yeah, kind of like in the, uh, in the game, where, yeah, like, exactly. he's sent to jail, and without him, there's, like, a power vacuum that allows, like, the Magia and all that to, like, run free. Start fighting each other, yeah. Actually, Mr. Negative would be cool for their, uh, this movie series, too, just because of oh, the way God. he looks. Yeah. No, oh, I like this, the big Aaron uh, mural. <laughs> yeah, so Gank finally knows, because it would be hard to lie to him at this point. Aww. I love Gwen's world has the same color oh, it looks so as her cool. costume. And the book that she was in, it's all pastel. One of the best, uh, like, ending uh, speeches, too, of, like, I'm Spider-Man. I feel like a lot of superhero movies do this, and not everyone, like, hits the landing. This one does, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's earned. Mm-hmm. And Post Malone <laughs> playing us out again. <laughs> The power of post. <laughs> what, you didn't think we were going to already uh, get a sequel working? <laughs> yeah, that's th that's the call. The, literally, the next words after that are, hey, Miles, inheritors are causing shit. <laughs> yeah, please, come help. <laughs> well, they already do in the post credit because we already got Spider-Man 2099 and the 60s cartoon Spider-Man. <laughs> But yeah, wow, so this this is some good shit. This was one of the best movies of 2018, and it only gets better rewatching it. It does. It, it, it's, it's a movie that never gets boring to watch because there's, there's just so much happening, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. The, the word modern classic gets thrown around a lot, but I truly think this is a modern classic. Oh yeah, th this is like a new 
like benchmark in like animation totally and obviously i haven't seen far from a home yet and i probably won't have seen it by the time this video goes up but uh hey i'll just say they gotta try that much harder and i hope they do oh they 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 they, they do they do all right I, I will pick your brain about that movie <laughs> oh shit i forgot <laughs> Haley steinfeld with spider gwen i love her mm-hmm yeah she was that really awesome character in uh, that Coen Brothers uh, reboot of that great John Wayne movie. Yeah, and was actually surprisingly good in that Bumblebee film. Yeah, actually. She, she stopped acting for years but had a great year this year. All right, on that note, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed. As always, if you're a patron, you get to listen to this first before anyone else as soon as it's done. Everyone else, you get it Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. By the time you listen to this, I'll probably be gone on my trip, so uh, don't be shocked if you don't get another comic multiverse uh, next week, but I'll try and either put up my panel from Geektopia or uh, some sort of con video to fill the void. So you will get something, you just might not get the thing you expect. Nice. Awesome. Uh, all right. So thank you, everyone, and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.